Hello, and welcome to another episode of Alec Mamba Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. I did it. Matthew, I did the intro. That was beautiful. Yeah. I'm an actor and comedian. I live in Hollywood. <laughs> and I'm Matthew Dempsey, a multicultural counselor and psychotherapist. You certainly are. So um, I just want to thank you for last week, uh, the episode with my husband. Um, yes. My marriage is over. Uh, <laughs> what would uh, what would you like listeners to know, maybe who haven't heard last um, week's episode? Well, we talked about being in an open relationship. Yes. Last week. And it was part two because the first yes. time we did it while you were on vacation That's and, right. and you weren't there to facilitate. And then the second time you're so good. This is what you do. Like I was listening to the show in the car because I had a couple, I was working in Silmar yesterday of all places and I had uh-huh. to drive out to location. So I had a lot of time to listen to past episodes and I'm like a bull in a China shop. I'm like, I'll <laughs> ask people like super personal questions. Like what happened when you were five with your uncle? Go. And <laughs> and then you're so like, you're like, you'll say things like, um, do you feel comfortable sharing? Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I ask? You're yes. like always asking for consent. And yeah. for somebody who's forthcoming anyway, the fact that you're asking Two people mm-hmm. who are, you know, exhibitionists anyway, kind of naturally. <laughs> we're like, oh, of course. Yeah. And and I think afterwards we felt really, Jamie said his face felt really hot. <laughs> yeah. How did yours yeah. feel? His, I was kind of like, I, uh, I was okay. Yeah. I felt, I felt more exposed after the first one. And then, yeah. I, and, and Jamie didn't listen to the first one. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to the first one. And and to me, because we're talking about stuff that we've already worked through or are working through or in a good place about, it didn't feel yeah. like that big a deal. Yeah. I thought both of you did a great job. I love listening to the first show where you guys got to just talk uh, to each other about just like generally your open relationship. Mm-hmm. And I loved getting to jump in on the second one where we got to talk about it. And as a listener too, and also a therapist, of course, I got to ask a few other questions and kind of dig a little bit deeper on some of the other stuff. You guys were fantastic. I mean, you guys embody what vulnerability is. You were wow. very open you were incredibly open. You were really raw and honest about everything that was going on. Um, and it was, it was, it was just really great to hear on, on so many levels. Um, and I kind of knew that you guys would both be that way. So, you know, okay. but, but, but also just asking, I think this is like a, a good rule of thumb for anybody. Anytime that you're talking to somebody and, and you're curious about stuff or you have some thoughts or ideas about stuff, just like, ask like hey do you mind telling me more about that hey do you mind if i share what i think do you just just ask. just just ask just that little the littlest bit of an invitation like requesting an invitation right um putting it out there always opens people is up is that a professional skill is that something uh, you've learned or is yeah. that just you both both i'm sure somewhere along uh, along the way i've learned a little bit of it but it's just like from a person to person thing and also i know that i don't ever want somebody just automatically throwing their perspective at me it's like i didn't fucking ask for that <laughs> but when somebody says like hey do you mind if i just like chime in or i kind of had a thought do you mind can i like share it and you're like oh my god absolutely please oh, it, can it I, makes a world of difference do you mind if i um share something that somebody sent me on instagram i won't say their name because i did not get consent uh mm-hmm. to uh but i i will say what this um 
person wrote. Uh, love the hot mess pod. I thought I wouldn't like the episode with you and your hubby since mine bailed on me after mm. I birthed his baby and am feeling vulnerable. But I loved it so much. It gave me hope that one day I'll meet someone who sees my value and cares about me and thinks I'm worth fighting for the way you and Jamie put in the work for your relationship and family. Thanks for sharing. Happy tears listening to the recent episode. Ah, uh, see, Isn't look that at that. Lovely? That's so yeah. lovely. And look at that. It's not, it doesn't even necessarily have to be specific to open relationships, but just the way that the two of you can have this, these kinds of conversations and you do it publicly, obviously mm-hmm. here for everybody mm-hmm. else, just to show what that kind of mutual respect and conversation and openness and trust and all of that looks like. You guys are fantastic. Yeah. So I wrote back to her. I said, I'm so sorry about your husband leaving you after have, giving birth, but um, your, your comments about the podcast made my day. <laughs> 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 yes. Jamie Searching won't shut up lining. about you, by the way. He just will not shut the fuck up about Matthew this, Matthew that. Matthew, 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 <laughs> you didn't ask if I wanted to talk about it. So now I my, my arms are that was, I'm taking that, a very defensive hold posture. On. You didn't you didn't give me a chance. I was just okay. saying that you you brought it up a few different times and I'm curious how would you feel about maybe exploring a little bit more about some of the parts is, of your is decision. This how you're like when you're getting somebody into bed? Are you like would you mind taking off all your clothes? And Doing a helicopter for me. Yes, that's very, that's very sexy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gave up drinking four months ago mm-hmm. and it's something I've done before, but like years, years past. And, um, yeah. uh, my, and it's because my drinking did get out of hand during mm-hmm. the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, because every night was Friday. And then I found when things started to open up again in June and I actually started driving places and my Mm -hmm. son came out of his room, what the behavior I was doing on a daily basis was not sustainable. So yes, I have been, and it's been challenging. It's been, and I'd be glad to talk about it. Yes. Uh, my alcoholism today <laughs> on the hot mess. I mean, it's called the hot mess after all. Yes, yes. Okay, great. So maybe we can dig into that a little Have bit. Have you now. ever had a moment, Matthew, where you were like, okay, I, you know, I like to party and everything, but that was too much. Yes. And I for overdid sure, it. It was definitely over the last year or two um, with everything that's been going on. Yeah, I could, I could, yeah, I mean, I could just tell, you know, that maybe I was drinking a little bit more. Um, I like weed, so smoking a little bit more, you know, Mm. and I could just kind of tell most of the time I consider myself very kind of much like, uh, you know, like I'm a happy drinker, you know, and and I usually have a great time and it's usually just kind of help elevate the mood Mm -hmm. um, of where I'm already at. Um, But what What kind of, what kind of, what kind of booze, like what kind of, what? Yeah. I mean, I kind of, uh, I kind of like it all. So it just depends on, on what mm-hmm. the right vibe is. If it's a, mm-hmm. a chill little dinner thing, maybe some wine, if I'm going okay. out for like a proper dinner, maybe I'll let right. you have a, a few tequila drinks, whatever. Right. Um, but tequila uh, anyway. and wine is my thing. Tequila and wine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I noticed over the last year or two that I was starting to use it to escape a little bit more. It was just kind of like, Oh, this week was a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I'm so ready to like hang out with friends and just totally let loose. Mm-hmm. And so there was, there was much more of that. I could just really sense that that was my intention. And I was having, le- it was, it was less about elevating the mood and having more fun. And it was more about kind of just trying to like, 
you know, decompress or escape right, a little bit. Right. So I could feel the difference of it. I could feel the difference in the intention and also kind of how I felt from it. And like, you know, and was probably doing it a little bit more regularly. Wow. And yeah. you were cognizant of it while that was happening. Cognizant of it. Yeah. So there were a few moments where I really had to kind of just like, you know, kind of, uh, you know, um, pull back a little bit. Okay. Um, All right. yeah. Do you mind, would you mind if we went to a commercial break before discussing this? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God. Thank you so detail? much for asking Alex. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. Whatever you. you want now. <laughs> I hate you. All right. I'll, we, uh, Matthew and I will discuss my, my problem with booze uh, <laughs> right after this very important commercial break. Also, this is a mental health podcast where we really kind of, we let our hair down here big time. If you're tuning back uh, uh Welcome. Thank you so much. We're so glad that you're here. And if you're listening for the first time, don't forget to download and subscribe. And we'll be right back after these important messages. And we're back uh, talking about booze and and the whys and wherefores. When you said you said something really interesting right before we went to uh, commercial, you said it, you knew your intention was different. And yeah. I think that's the reason why I quit is because I knew my intention was different because I know I was drinking because one, we were in a pandemic and right. it was frightening and I was scared. Uh, I have a black son and a lot of the George Floyd stuff was happening. Oh yeah. Trump was still president and that was like a daily stress test. Yeah. I mean, yeah. daily. Yes. And, um, and also it was unprecedented. So I mm-hmm. was afraid and, and I remember even telling Jamie, I can, I, all I have to do is hold on till four. Right. And then at four, I'm going to drink something that makes me not give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And um, every night, but it became every night. Yeah. I, I would say every night from four to 10. Okay. So first of all, how are we defining intention? Intention, why we're doing something. Yeah. Like I intend, my intention was to um, uh, numb out, to anesthetize yeah. myself from what was happening in the world. Yeah, and, and, for sure. And But it became, I'm not kidding, seven days a week. And we saw our MasterCard bill for our booze, and it yeah. was thousands of dollars. Because we were oh, going through, God. you know, some kind of, at, what was it, babe, Drizzly? We were using Drizzly or something. Oh, and like, every, like and an we, app just to order yes. it? And and we never said no. We never like went. Oh well, you know it's um uh, it's too much. Or we never. We just went full throttle. Yeah. yeah. So at what at what point did you start to realize truly what the intention was around kind of like escapism? Oh, from the beginning. From the beginning. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I knew. I knew. So but what it, happened though? What was what was the inevitable breaking point where you realized like okay, this intention is way too off, and now I just need to actually all right. Make a, a um, I was not. Uh, my son is a lot. Being a parent is a lot. Yeah. And uh, you have to be in order to make good decisions in your interactions with your kids. You have to be present for that. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, the pandemic kind of lined up in the time where psychologically, my son would have retreated to his room anyway. 15, 16 years old. They never leave their rooms. <laughs> so I would see him at breakfast and then we'd have a poker night every Friday and I would be completely present for that. And then the rest of the time it was like, ah, let's have a drink, right? <laughs> so the world starts to open up. My son's leaving the room. All of a sudden we're having to drive places, right? Uh... We, it was just in June. And I really got that. I'm not going to be good at this. What I'm doing is not sustainable. I, uh-huh. I'm not reacting to my son in a way that I would um, in, in soberly. 
Do you know what I mean? Not, not right. I'm not making good decisions in my interactions with him because with kids, you really have to listen and mm-hmm. you have to react appropriately in terms of, especially when there's a conflict. It's what being a parent has taught me is you can't be reactionary. Right. You can't have you can't have a knee jerk response. You really have to think about things. Were you and starting to realize that. that you were were you starting to realize that you were reacting much more? Yeah. I was really kind of like turning into my dad. I was kind of cranky oh. and snappish uh-huh. and dismissive and and almost you know, I yeah, disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Not not respectful of my son's voice and who he is as a person in a way that I would be when I'm sober. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it kind of sounds like that it was uh, that it was lining up with, like you said, once everything started to open back up, it was when you started mm-hmm. to realize some of the shifts that were happening, that you were drinking mm-hmm. too much, that you were a little bit more reactionary, you were a little bit more like your dad and snappy. Um, yeah. And like, that was the thing. Was there, also, was I there... was really fat. I was fat. <laughs> Just like you are when, not fat. When you're drinking all the time, like, no, I'm not kidding. I've lost like 10 pounds or more. Um, yeah. My my pants were at, I normally wear like a, a, a 31, 32 on a right. really good day, 29. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I had my 32 inch pants, my fat pants, uh-huh. I, they were completely tight. I couldn't close them. I mean, it was just, it was bad. Right. It was bad. Okay. That was unhealthy. Was, what was there? Was it just a culmination of these events or was there like a specific uh, moment that happened where you were like, okay, uh, too much. Um, it was a moment. I had an argument with my son where I was uh, too sloppy to, uh, to have a real discussion and it uh, turned into a full blown argument uh, and it did not. And the worst part of it was the next day I, I didn't remember all of it. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, so that was, I was like, that was like, okay, now it's, you know, with, with just me and Jamie, Jamie could have, you know, there, there were times during the pandemic where Jamie would pull me aside and go, all right, you were kind of a lot last night. Yeah. You know, yep. you were, you, cause I get like really reactionary when I'm drunk. Like, um, like I'll go, give me a hug. And he's like, I don't feel like hugging you. Then it turns into, I universalize it. Like you don't love me. <laughs> you never love, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and you, that's fine with my husband. He could take it. He could make the adjustment and he could also tell me, can you cool it? You know, yeah. but with a kid, it's like, it's not who I want to be. It doesn't yeah. line up with who I want to be as a person. Totally. Jamie yeah. stopped drinking with you. Is that right? Yes. Okay. What was that? Was that, it sounded like that might have been a conversation. Like, um, how'd that go? We both, uh, it, it meant so much to Jamie for me to kind of pull it together mm-hmm. that uh, uh, he said, I'm going to do this also. Yeah. I need to do this also. So he quit too. Yeah. And I've quit before. I mean, when I met Jamie, I wasn't drinking. I drank, I didn't drink from 1999, from 2000 to 2005, I didn't drink at all. Okay, wait, can we just like pause right there for a second? And I'm just kind of curious, um, maybe we can kind of uh, like define some of this stuff for uh-huh. ourselves and for the listeners too, you know, because mm-hmm. we kind of like throw words around like sober and just not drinking and, mm-hmm. but there's a difference between- I'm not between... saying sober, I'm saying I'm just not drinking, I'm not drinking alcohol. Okay. Because yeah, I a... think sobriety kind of like, it, it, there's a whole other- um, you know, I'm not going to meetings. I'm not, you know, I'm just kind of holding myself accountable. 
Sure. Right. Like sobriety, sobriety is something that generally references more of like being in, you know, going, being in a program yeah. and go through meetings. Like you've talked mm-hmm. about sex mm-hmm. and love mm-hmm. addiction anonymous and, mm-hmm. you know, being sober in that way. Um, but drinking, that's something that you would call like dry, like you've, you're just not drinking. That's right. Um, that's so right. what was it in, in the past? What was it that made you decide to just not drink? Um, in the past, again, intention. Um, in 1999, I, that was a really tough year. I was really depressed and I could, I remember saying, I'm going to get fucked up. Yeah. I want to get fucked up. I'm going to go to this party. I'm going to get fucked up. Right. And that kind of became. The intention was to like blackout. The intention was to blackout. And I did. I did. I had, uh, nights in Washington, DC where I woke up in my hotel room and I was like, I was doing a, sh- a play at the arena stage and we all get wasted after the show. Right. And, and, and a couple of times I, I had, I was, I, w- did you ever get so drunk that you woke up someplace and you're like, I don't know how I got home. Yes. Yes. I did. That's, that's kind of scary. Like yeah. I didn't remember how I got home. Yeah. Yep. It is kind of scary. There was one time. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to tell the story, but I will. There okay, was one ahead. time. Would you? Do you feel comfortable sharing? I don't know. We'll find okay, out. Right. Um, there was one time. This was years ago. I want to say probably I don't know, twelve years ago or so. And I had a friend who was, I was living in New York, but I had a friend who was up in Brandeis, kind of outside of um, okay, was at Boston, mm-hmm. and um, and so I went to go visit him for the weekend, and we had a day. Um, where we we're just hanging out and, you know, at night then we were, you know, making dinner and, you know, we had, we had a few beers and then we had a few glasses of wine and we were like, let's go out. Like tonight we're going out, right. We're going to go dancing, whatever. And so we went to the Roxy. I don't know if it exists there anymore, but Roxy in uh, Boston. Remember. Yeah. In Boston. And we I love that place. So we went there, just the two of us. Um, and we, you know, got a few mixed drinks and we're dancing mm. around, having a good time. And to be honest with you, I don't really remember drinking that much, but I mm. suppose maybe it was just kind of a few, a variety of drinks over the course of a night. Yeah. But then at one point, uh, my one friend said, I'm going to go to the bathroom, stay right here. I'll be right back. I said, sure. He left out of nowhere. This group of like maybe three or four guys kind of came around. And he was like, hey, what's going on? Who are you? What's your name? Da, 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 ba, ba, ba. Oh, and so we just you started. You want to play with us? Yeah, you want to play with yeah. us? And so we were just, I was just hanging out like, hey, what's up? And so we were, you know, whatever. And I, to be honest with you, I'm also not sure if they put something in my drink because uh, things went kind of dark from that moment on. Shit went and, sideways. And um, there's, I just have a few flashes of memories after that where I was, I, they, do you, they, I, they roofie you? Did you? I don't know, but I left the bar. I would never do this. I left the bar without my friend. I just left uh-huh, him there. Uh-huh. I left with these guys. I have a memory of being in a car with them. And then I have a memory of being in somebody's living room, <gasps> having like another drink. And then the next memory I have, I'm in the bedroom with the, with the like, you know, three of them or whatever. We're all like, naked and just kind yeah. of tossing around rolling around yeah rolling around and then and that's it and the next morning i woke up and it was one of those like eyes open kind of like look to my left naked guy look to my right naked guy and i'm like holy shit like okay matt don't freak out don't freak out let's just get up we're gonna get up we're gonna put our clothes on we're gonna go to the bathroom you know when you like walk yourself through like a yeah, moment like yeah, that yeah and i'm like what happened and so anyway and then i you know come out of the bathroom and, and one guy standing there and he was just like I have a car. I can take you wherever you need to go. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And of course I'm like looking at my phone, text messages from my friend. Are He's like, where are you? Where the fuck are you? In a place yeah. that you remember. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what time anyway. is it? 
And so eight? now it's like uh, seven, eight in the morning, okay, whatever, right, Okay. you know? And so I'm going through my phone and I see the, the, the like lengthy messages one right after where the other you, of my friend. Where, where, are, where you, are you? Are you okay? Yeah. What's going on? Bah, bah, bah. You know, I'm, I'm going to go stay at my friend's place, whatever, whatever message me in the morning. And so I mess, you know, I messaged my friend and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And so I, I met up with him and we went back and I was just like, I don't know what happened. And he was like, what the fuck? And yeah. so that, that was that night. And so, you know, any, all of this is just kind of an anecdote of what you're asking where, yeah, I woke up one morning and was like, I have no idea how I got here. I don't remember how I, but you do, you got in a car and you left with everybody and you remember yeah. rolling around. And... Barely, barely. But okay. when I tell you, it was just like a flash of a memory, uh, you know, for each of these moments of what <laughs> amounted spooky. to an entire night. It's yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that, that, that's the thing. It's kind of like, um, my own uh, physician said, uh, you know, I said the weight gain, we were talking about the weight gain during a physical and she goes, it's the booze. She broke it down in terms of calories. All right. You know, like right. a, a glass of wine is 250 calories. And I said, well, the <laughs> right. bottle is like four or five really kind of, you know, and so like a thousand calories and he, and she, and she went through, she goes, be honest to me with me. How much do you, you know, drink. And I was honest. And she went, whoa, because, you know, four to 10 every night, she said, yeah. you're probably having like 2000 to 3000 empty calories. Yeah. Night. So uh, my body did reflect that. Um, my waking up and not remembering the night before is not as sexy as yours. <laughs> it's, it's actually a really horrible, horrible story. And I'm going to share it with you because you were generous enough in sharing yours. Yes. Oh, um, that's so would you mind? Would you mind actually no, sharing no, the story? No, thank you for oh, asking. Thank you. Thank you so Matthew. much. I appreciate that. As my clothes start flying off. Um, <laughs> So I was in my favorite, my favorite trampy thing to do in New York when I was at NYU was uh, flirt with a waiter and wait for them to get off and then uh -huh. go home with the waiters. You know, that would just kind of happen during did that over, you know, you meet somebody or anyway. I never, um, really, I never really did that. I'm never, I'm not kind of as ballsy as that, but I love that uh, for okay. you. Go ahead. So I'm, I'm, uh, uh, so the waiter's cute. My dinner party breaks up. I'm just hanging out at the bar and we're talking and there's definitely a vibe between us. Yeah. But in order to wait for him, and I live in Brooklyn, so I'm kind of like, I'm just going to hang out here. Yeah. I'm already kind of drunk. I keep drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking until he gets off but right. the night the time that he's getting off is getting later and later yeah i remember going home with him i remember messing around and then i woke up the next morning the sunlight is coming through mm. and he's a complete hoarder <laughs> oh no there's garbage everywhere oh, there's man. like newspapers stacked up to the ceiling i'm like i don't remember that Oh, at all and I, when i woke up i was like oh, like that kind of like yes. what am i doing in Panic. Yeah. and then just kind of sifting through this kind of junkyard to find my clothes to get yeah. out I, that was spooky yeah that was like totally. how did i send off first of all how to have sex like like in a more sober moment you know it would have been yeah. like uh, i'm no thanks i'm just gonna go home just well you know me. it's so interesting though because you know we're spending a, a good amount of time talking about like all the things that are problematic about it right like mm. we're waking up we don't know where we are mm. you know we kind of don't remember certain oh, things is this the part where we talk about the good stuff oh yeah uh, okay. but i mean even talking about like the caloric intake and waking mm. that can happen and all yeah. this stuff yeah but when you think about it, some of the things that we're actually talking about, like kind of drinking, it's like there's there's so much around 
you know, kind of like struggling to know how to maybe manage a social situation mm -hmm. and just kind of going out there and feeling uncomfortable. It's easy to just kind of sip on a drink and kind of yeah. get the courage, yeah. you know, and quiet the noise of shame down and kind mm -hmm. of our, and our, you know, our mind spinning as much as they might. Um, you know, even same thing when, with some of the stuff that you've been talking about recently over the last year, that there's, there's just so much kind of uncertainty and a lot of shit that gets spun up for us. It helps just yes. quiet down the anxiety of that. Yes. And when we're taking that approach to it, it's understandable because it can be overwhelming and really anxiety producing, but it's never really giving us a greater opportunity to develop more of that inner strength for us to be able to be, you know, kind of uh, process some of what we're thinking to right. understand maybe some of the shit that's getting spun up and also strengthen our ability to, you know, um, kind of uh, neutralize things for ourselves, you know, kind yeah. of regulate our nervous system. Um, Alec, I, this is a, a note from our, uh, we have our producer talks to us in chat. She's amazing. Yes, yes. Uh, Alec made a joke about his alcoholism in quotes. Is that tongue in cheek? How does a person know when they have a problem? Um, it is kind of tongue in cheek and it's kind of not, um, I knew I had a problem because I had to make a choice. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, again, like what Jamie and I talked about last week, it was like, I had to put my family first. Mm-hmm. And if you're having to make that choice, then you probably do have a problem. And by you, I mean me. Mm -hmm. um, so the first week I quit, I really did feel as if my, and I cold turkey, I just stopped drinking. Yeah. I really did feel like I, my skin had been flayed. I felt really, because I'm feeling things that I didn't feel. Yeah. And, and what I've grown conscious of in the past couple, in the past four months is that life is really annoying. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that's what I that's a huge part of why I was drinking. It's just I'm just a generally annoyed person. Like it's <laughs> like, oh, geez, now what? You know, just reading the news and having to do all the things that having to show up for all of the adulting that yeah. I have to do is mm -hmm. just kind of like I don't have the escape anymore. And now I do have to feel the discomfort. But what I've learned if we're talking about the positive thing is I can take it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, mean, I yeah. can feel annoyed, but I also have the wherewithal to know that it's going to pass. Totally. You know, yeah, but, for sure. but feel, but, but it was kind of like, uh, I'm no longer an anesthesia, you know, yeah. and I'm feeling everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think probably, you know, um, kind of a good gauge on, on alcoholism. First of all, this is a very kind of individual, you know, um, kind of identity. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's one to check in on. And, and some of the things that we want to check in on are how much is this impacting my ability to function on a daily level? Mm -hmm. And so if it's really kind of impacting our, you know, significantly, then, then we might want to check in. Um, but you know, some people still might be able to be high functioning and can still kind of get through their day and do what they need to do, yes. but also, you know, uh, might struggle with alcoholism. Um, if you're, if you're starting to kind of notice some stuff, if you're starting to notice some of this, uh, some of these issues that are coming up, then it's time to talk to somebody. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, and there are ways of just checking in again, this isn't something that somebody, you know, you go to a doctor and somebody says, yes, you are an alcoholic, right? right? It's something that you have to be able to search for within yourself and see if that resonates with you. Um, and we don't necessarily have to make that decision right now and say, yes, okay, now I need to stop and change, but we can start just doing some research and experimenting, maybe checking on therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, a good rule of thumb is also just going, uh, to, um, meetings, just checking out, just finding out uh, yeah. about maybe some meetings. Meetings and, are great. Uh, meetings are, meetings I'm not are poop, great. I'm but, not poo-pooing meetings because it really was like a sexing love anonymous, yeah. um, uh, meetings and working that program that really got me out of what I was in. And when you talk about like, my life has become unmanageable, mm -hmm. that was my life was unmanageable. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, so it's a great point, great time to check in and um, go and do a handful of meetings, um, a, a handful of different meetings, just to kind of get a different sense of, of the different vibes of meetings yeah. that exist out there. So you can actually give a fair chance to see if there's any of them that you might connect to right. um, and see if it's something that resonates with you. But again, that's an individual decision. So start doing some research. Meetings, what meetings are great for is you really become an expert at other people's problems. <laughs> you go to you go to a meeting and well, you know what your problem is is you're you have such a deficit of self esteem yes. that you're trying to fill yourself up from the outside. I mean, it kind of and then you're like, oh, that's me. Yeah, you find community, you identify with uh, yeah. people who maybe kind of struggle in, in the same ways, and then you get to see you know kind of versions of yourself. Yeah, and I think that the 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 the, the the habitualness of like, I'm, I have an addictive personality. If it's not sex, it was cigarettes. If right. it's not cigarettes, it was pills. Like I've quit so many things, Yeah, you know, and now I've, I'm, I've been crafting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what have For you Halloween. noticed then? How, because how long, how long has it been? Yeah, so how long has it been that you've been not drinking this time? Four months. Wow, four months! Congratulations! Time, thank you, thank you for uh, applause, applause. Yes. Um, last time I quit it was for five years. I wow. quit for five years. So who knows? All right. Who knows? So what have you noticed in the last four months? Then I'm, you know, you're talking about some of the issues of drinking and you know, kind of barking at okay. the sun and things like that. So how has it been going in the last? Four Here's months? the great thing. I'm not a, a good. I was never a good sleeper. Like mm -hmm. it takes me a while to fall asleep. And if somebody walks into the room, I'm like, oh, yeah. I have to start all over again. Right. I fall asleep faster now and I sleep through the out the entire night. And I did yeah. not do that with alcohol. There must've been something with the sugar or something. I sleep, um, clothes fit better. Yeah. Um, I'm a better listener to my kid. I'm more in tune with my family. My son and I are getting along yeah. So well. Um, I am, uh, Jamie and I are listening to each other and, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm not drinking and cooking. You should never fry chicken when you're drunk. FYI. Just Did a, you get splattered? Yes. No. I, on my shoulder. I have scars from this. Oh, where I, I, I fried chicken drunk. That was just a, like, I dropped the chicken in and it splashed. And it, yeah. yeah. And I was like, um, no. Yeah, All right, so you're really so you're avoiding third degree burns. That's a great <laughs> that's a great upside to setting down a drink. Very nice. But it's it's there's just an awareness that you don't what I didn't have when I was drinking. And and the thing is, like, I knew I was drinking too much. Yeah. I I absolutely knew it. All the math added up. Yeah. Um, my, All right. My, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. My hold doctor on, hold told on. me. My doctor told me two more than two drinks a night is a lot. And I was okay. Like, okay. It is. So 20 is a lot, huh? Okay. Um, all right. Well, okay. 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 So yes, there's, there's all the great things. Everything's okay. going well. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You, one thing you said is that you have more of an awareness of things now. That's the exact reason why a lot of people drink is to not be aware of some shit that can come up. So because what have been, what annoying. have been, what have been some of the challenging things, like the things that you normally just kind of wanted to numb out to, what have been the annoying things that have come up that have been challenging that have presented okay. kind of like newer so, challenges of being present with? Yesterday, uh, Jamie had a really challenging day at work. All right. Where everything comes in at once. And we all have days like that. Yes. Right. Um, I'll have weeks like that where everything is happening. Uh, like after months of tranquility, a sea of tranquility, all of a sudden it, your life is just a shit storm. And um, I, my awareness has been that my drinking was just about like, I don't want to think about it. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. And now I have to really kind of, cause thinking about things and experiencing things takes time. 
Yeah. It takes, it takes time. It takes consciousness. And uh, what was the question again? All right, wait. Okay, let's say, give me a, think of a specific example of something, and it could be a small thing, but something that happened recently where you noticed your shit was kind of getting stirred up. You were feeling irritable and annoyed. And it would be the thing that normally you'd be like, I need that four o'clock to roll around so I can have a drink. Um, okay. But you, but you have it and you handled it differently. What's an my example son, of that? My son had had a challenging day in school uh-huh. and, um, uh, and for whatever reason he was in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. And so I was having to manage his mood and, uh, uh, um, take him to all of his appointments in the afternoon and then dealing with, we just, we, we are, are, we worked on a construction site, our, our whole backyard, we're building yeah. an apartment back there. Um, just the day was a lot. It was a lot. And I just felt like, oh, just a margarita or a glass or a bottle of rosé, cold yeah. rosé would just take the edge off of all of this. Right. That, that is, that is when I, that's when I have to go. Yeah. Yeah. That, those are the most challenging times. Okay. Because because it's such an easy fix. Oh, here's the other thing. I was um I was coming back from that movie in um uh, Utah, right. in Salt Lake City, and I was tired. I was so tired, and my flight was delayed. And I was walking through the airport, and you know Utah, there's the bars are terrible. They really matrix. <laughs> but in the airport, there's a bar every ten feet. Everybody believes <laughs> right. in alcohol and Jesus at the airport. <laughs> And every bar was one of those kind of like um, uh, microbrewery, you know, where, you know, big kind of tall glass of beer. And I was like, I'm tired and I'm alone and I just want to go home and I'm feeling lonely and I'm by myself. How easy would it be to just have a big thing of beer? Like the beer just looks so good. I just wanted it. That was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially when there's just a lot of shit that you're getting hit with and just feeling exhausted. Um, right. It just can just feel like general stress. But yeah. the thing that you said also about being at the uh, at the airport or on the plane is like everybody believes in Jesus and alcohol. Um, you know, it's you know, it's like an easy thing to default to, especially when there's a lot of fear that comes up, right? Yeah. Like flying and whatever. Yeah. So what in, in kind of all the thing, all the different examples that you were just giving, aside from just the the baseline stress, like what was what was maybe some of the fear, some of the kind of like the deeper shit that was getting triggered for you in a moment like that? Life is overwhelming. Uh-huh. That there, maybe I'm not equipped to handle this. Maybe it's, maybe this is a bigger task than I'm capable of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bigger I think task than you're capable of. Yeah. Well, yeah. but interesting because you're talking about like, you know, being capable, it's a bigger task than being capable of. And you're kind of talking about how like you're either taking care of everyone and everything, like Jamie mm-hmm. had a hard week, construction mm-hmm. site outside, your son, and just kind of your own shit. Um, or you're on your own and you're like in the airport and you're just kind of doing your own thing because you just came back from a, uh, from a job and you're like completely on your own. So like, is there something in that? Like, is there kind of a caregiving thing? Is there a lack of care from people? Like what's, mm. what's kind of like the, the deeper trigger for you in moments when like that shit feels overwhelming? I, you know, I don't have an answer. I don't mm-hmm. have an answer. It is kind of a lonely feeling. It is kind of a lonely feeling of like, uh, like this is up to me or this is all on yeah. my shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of actually feel a version of that too. I've been feeling a little bit burnt out. We were kind of talking privately before the show started, mm-hmm. but I've been kind of feeling burnt out. And, uh, you know, I also recognize how much 
for myself, very similarly to what you're describing, I'm like, my whole fucking life is centered around taking care of people. I mean, even mm-hmm. this, even this podcast is about like trying to have answers for people and, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, being supportive and uplifting. And that's what I right. do several times a day throughout the entire week. But you can't you know? give what you don't have. You can't you know? give what you, you don't if, have. If, yeah. Yeah. It's easier. And it's, it's also, I know for myself, it feels easier for me to just kind of overindulge in that. Like, I'm going to take care of people. I I can do this because I do it well. And it feels good to, you know, to feel good about doing what I do and all that stuff. It's a little bit more challenging sometimes for me to uh, ask for help. And so what I wind up doing sometimes is maybe just kind of like isolating, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I just kind of, I'm like, I just want to be alone. I don't want to deal with anybody. Right. Right. Um, Right. But there's a part, there's a deeper part of that, that I think really does kind of tap into my own fear of like maybe being unlovable. Like, you know, maybe people are, people are more invested or interested in me when I have something to give them when I can take care of them. That I have to be this in order to be lovable. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that that's it. That's it. You know, that's the answer is that if I don't show up for this life in the way that I'm supposed to show up. Right. If I'm not as dependable as I could be, if I'm not as funny as I could be, if I'm not the best parent or best father or best friend, then I'm going to fall short and it's, and then it's just going to be me. It's just going to be me. I've been really, really vulnerable. And the biggest part of it about this, the biggest vulnerability that I've experienced in the past four months is I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Embarrassed about what? I'm embarrassed about that. I have a problem. I'm embarrassed that I had, that it had to get, cause it's such a cliche. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, a lot, and I'm not the only person. I mean, everybody had drank during the pandemic and everything. Right. But, yep. but for me, it it kind of it just because I this I I have been talking about it out loud, and yeah. and I do feel I do feel shame about. Um, okay, yeah, I'm kind of a mess. Yeah, <laughs> I have <laughs> I have I have problems that needed to be looked at. It's 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 admitting the fault is has been liberating and embarrassing. Yeah. It's both of those things. Yeah, totally. And I'm embarrassed right now. (laughs) Are you? (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? What is it? Because what does it feel like it means that as you feel like, okay, like I, it's not funny. (laughs) It's not, it's not like, it's not like, I feel like, like you say, like I'm here to uplift people. I want to, um, you know, be there for people. I want it. I want people to, uh, know that we're a safe space and they could talk about stuff. And then it's kind of, but I guess it's like in sharing my own vulnerabilities, it, it gives other people the space to go, okay, well, I'm not so bad because yeah. that bitch is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's the whole point of this, isn't that's this? That's why we have these conversations I mean, so we can be open anybody and kind of like, I mean, I know that when other people have opened up to me, First of all, I felt really honored that they ha- took me into their confidence. Yes. Right? Yes. And then it's kind of like, it's it's made me want, it's made me move in closer to them. Kind of yeah. like, oh, well, thanks for sharing that with me. I mean, it's very, there's very rare that it's ever repulsed me where I've been like, no. okay, bye, too much. You know, yeah. I hardly ever feel that way. And it just normalizes things for everybody. It normalizes things for the person being vulnerable. It normalizes things for people who are listening and who can inevitably empathize and relate. You know, and so that's what's just so like, oh, thank God. Like, oh, see, I'm not alone. So when you're burnt out and somebody asks for help, what's your reaction? What What is that like? Is it you're just like, oh, Jesus. Um, like, how I, do you know when you've overextended yourself? 
That's a good question. Yeah. And I think that um, I haven't been as keen, keenly aware of that. So I'm still kind of sorting through some of that for mm-hmm. myself and figuring it out. One way that I know is that um, I get sick. So last week I got really sick and it was you, my body. You were sick last week. I was week, really I sick last week. Yeah, like really, really sick. And, and I tested for COVID and, and the flu and it was neither of those. It was just a really bad cold. Um, nobody else around me got sick. So it was very confusing to me. But I realized just how much, you know, my body was just kind of powering down because I was just overextending myself with, you know, kind of work stuff and whatever. Yeah. Um, so so that's kind of in the extreme when, when I'm but aware that's of a it. Physi- that's a physiological symptom. Do you ever totally. have like a, a, a emotional reaction to like yes. somebody's asking for something or you're in a session I, and you just feel like, oh. I just, I mean, I'm just aware of the fact that I feel fatigued. Mm -hmm. Um, I can feel myself starting to dissociate a little bit. Like I just kind of like slowly pull back. I'm like, (laughs) you know, giving baseline. Um, And I get irritable. I get really irritable. Like um, yesterday or no, it was a couple nights ago. I was staying over uh, this guy who I'm dating um, and I stayed over his place. And the next morning I woke up to find that my car had been towed um, (gasps) because I overlooked, you know, one of the many trillion signs that they post up around LA about parking rules. (laughs) And I overlooked it. And so I was two hours past the like, no, you know, the the tow thing. And so, and I could feel my, I, I could feel myself wanting to like turn on him being like, how come you didn't have a parking pass? Like, oh. you know, blah, blah, blah. but I'm really aware that if I want to start doing that, I know that that's just my own, my own shit. It just means I'm exhausted. Mm. It means that I you didn't overex- turn on him. No, I didn't because I because I'm aware enough to know it's like, Matt, this, you want to do this and you know, this isn't going to be good for anybody. So you better fucking eat this. Jamie and, and I turn chill. on each other constantly. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> um, but so anyway, so I, so, you know, I just kind of, I just got like a little bit quieter and I just, whatever. Um, but yeah, I could feel, I could feel myself, uh, getting more irritable. So I know mm. that, I know that all of that stuff is, is a good indication for me that I've, uh, that I've kind of overexerted myself. Yeah. Yeah. And then instead, and then instead of just kind of keeping quiet about it, I can open up about it. I can share it here. <laughs> I can open up. I can open up and talk to him. I'm dating about just how I'm feeling instead of barking at him about a parking right, pass. Right, right, right. You know, being kind of vulnerable in that way is the thing that actually helps to deconstruct the shame that we have as opposed to being right. that beast. All right. All right. All right. When was the last time did you have you had a shameful moment recently where you felt a little bit of shame ever? Oh God. Um, you're kind of like, do you feel comfortable sharing a moment where you <laughs> felt ashamed? I do. I'm just struggling to think of one right Your now. Your cheeks but are for so sure. red right now. You're like, you're blushing. No, they're not. Yes, yeah, no, yeah, they're, they're not. They're, 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 they're I like am shiny not blushing. red apples. No. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, you're. You know what? You, I just saved you because we're at we're at the end of the show. We ah, have to get perfect. Okay. Good. Whew. Yeah. No. I I have been dealing with my own embarrassment about it because I just feel and the, the embarrassment is is not that I'm not perfect because I know yeah. that I'm not is kind of feeling like um I, I I may have let people down. Right. I feel embarrassed about that. I feel embarrassed and ashamed that I I kind of let my kid down. Yeah. And I and I've um. I, you know, we, you know, we have a family therapy session, um, once every month, all three of us as a family, which is really, really great. And in one of those sessions, my son did tell me that he really appreciates all that we're doing. 
in terms of like, because yeah, he he goes, I know it doesn't, uh, people don't always keep their promises and to see my dads keep their promise about this. Yeah. It's like, oh, and I was like, fuck, now I really can't drink. (laughs) 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 Okay. So this is weird. I'm going to do my hot message first. Go for it. Because usually it's, you? Yeah. Yeah, it's usually you. Um, th- you know, we talk a lot about DBT in this show, dialectical behavioral therapy, which is a, a system of, of tools, you know, self-awareness. They're, they're psychological kind of like emergency um, tools you can resort to. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest ones that I've used is riding the wave. Mm, yeah. When I feel angry or embarrassed or anything, because, you know, a lot of my drinking was to escape how I was feeling. Now, when I have an unpleasant emotion, unpleasant feeling, I literally say in my head, ride the wave. I literally say it. Ride the wave. Because ride the wave means feel it, get into it, and you know it's going to pass. That's what waves do. Yeah. You know, no matter how big the wave is, when it crashes to the shore, it's gone. Yeah. You know? And, um, And I was afraid of doing that before. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's too big. The wave's too big. I'm going to drown. It's going to kill me. And it, it hasn't killed me. It's yeah. kind of like, okay, all right, yep. you can do it. You can do yeah. it. So ride the wave of whatever unpleasant emotion you have to do. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what daddy's doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You can't yeah. fight a wave back. Otherwise, you'll get pummeled by it. So that's might right. as well just ride it. Yep. That's right. I love that. I would say uh, maybe my hot message is, um, and this is kind of a mantra that I use for myself, which is okay. baseline is enough. Baseline is enough because there are days when baseline I can. Baseline is enough. Baseline is enough. And what that means is that there are days like today's one of them where I just kind of feel like I'm tapped. I don't, you know, I don't have any juice. Right. Um, and there's that You've part of me. You've just been talking to me for 45 minutes and you're tapped. And, and, and in my opinion, this is, I'm like, I'm not really giving the best performance here. So this is like, this is some shit that gets triggered for me. This is, this feels kind of like a shameful moment, like in real time, to be honest, because I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever, maybe is this a throwaway episode for us or for me anyway? How I don't know. dare you? Because Matthew but, so this said he was going to be there for me today and he totally phoned it in. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you baseline (laughs) and that's the point. Baseline Baseline is enough. No, but listen, so this is the thing, you know, because there are moments, especially, I think a lot of us, all of us can relate to this. I think, especially kind of us queer people where we feel as though that we need to give above and beyond in order to just break even. Yes. And I think that it's really important to remember that baseline is enough. If we're showing up, if we, if we're at least showing up and giving the best that we can, but like actually showing up, that's baseline. Baseline is enough. We're trained to believe that that we're already inadequate, that we're already not enough. So it feels it feels subpar. And so that's the mantra for me is that when I'm feeling kind of out of juice and I feel like I'm not going to be able to like give my absolute best, it doesn't mean that I'm inadequate. It just means that it's a baseline day. And so baseline is enough. Okay. I got to tell you, your baseline isn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> I feel empty. I didn't believe a word. No, I'm kidding. You're wonderful today. Now your baseline oh, is pretty terrific. Thank but you that's so much. Gonna, that's going to be something I struggle with, Matthew. That's going to be that's going to be a hard one. Baseline is enough baseline because is enough. I have to feel. I feel like I have to be Wonder Woman most of the time. I hear you, and, and that's exhausting. Yeah. Anyway, um, listen, folks. Where can we find you on your um, socials, big boy? You can find me at MJ Dempsey Psych on Instagram, Twitter, Matthew J Dempsey Psychotherapy on Facebook. You can find me at Baseline is enough. MJ Dempsey, <laughs> I'm going to give my full 40%. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll have you know, 40% of kidney functioning is still defined as healthy kidney functioning. So everybody give your 40% and then take a nap. You can find me at Alec Mop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can find us both at the Hot Mess Pod. We love hearing from you. Yes. Um, uh, whoever sent that lovely note in, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're so grateful to all our listeners. So tell your friends about the show. And <laughs> tune in next week. We're going to have more Hot Mess fun. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. This has been a Stage 29 podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Patty Chiano, Laferne Cusack, and Stephanie Kaysen. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan DeMatty. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Horinige, William Cusack, Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice, do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.